If you're happy and you know it, have you informed your face? If you're happy and you know it, have you exercised and that's made you happy? Is it possible that exercise <laughs> makes us happy? What a great connection because a lot of people say when I feel happier or when I've got more energy or when I feel like it, I'll go exercise. But is it possible that when you exercise, there's some chemical changes that go on inside your body and inside your brain that make you happy? You actually can't be unhappy and that feeling is something that I've been studying all of my life for this reason. Uh, I was an unhappy little girl. I was overweight. I had buck teeth. I had terrible skin. Uh, I just didn't like who I was very much until I started to exercise. And I remember very specifically, uh, I was 13 years of age. There was music playing and I was exercising to music. And I had never felt so good. I was puffing so I could hardly breathe. But I just had this uh, euphoric feeling. I was so incredibly happy. And I decided from that day forward that that was going to be my life. I wanted every other little girl who didn't have self-confidence or didn't have high self-esteem or felt bad about her body could feel as good as I did that day. And that's been my driving force for the last 40 plus years of my life. So what... What does happiness and exercise have to do with each other? Because often we talk about happiness as a real rah-rah motivational uh, weird stuff. And I find that really interesting because a lot of people, when you ask them what their goal is, regardless of what it is, it's usually to be happy. So I'll be happier if I lose weight. I'll be happier if I win the grand final. Or I'll be happier if I have a new car. I'll be happier if I get a different job. I'll be happier if I move house. But it's all about being happy. So is it possible, though, that we can change our own brain chemistry so that we feel happy, even if everything around us has gone to shit, and I can't put it any other way, because a lot of people say, I can't be happy because, uh, you know, I'll be happy if, but I can't be because the government's doing stupid things and the weather's bad and there's heaps of traffic and I'm stressed at work and my kids are driving me crazy and my husband's an arse and there's a whole heap of reasons why I just can't be happy. Well, if you have a look at the chemistry, which is what's been really interesting for me, uh, how come at 13 years of age where I'd been, I thought, pretty unhappy, all of a sudden I did this movement, I, I got puffed literally, and I felt really happy. I felt like I'd never felt before. And of course, the how that happens is not that hard to explain and it's not that hard to understand. Uh, the human body is designed to move and it's designed to, to move because we're often under threat, yeah? Uh, we've evolved from hunters and gatherers, but when we were hunters, uh, often there'd be a wild animal chasing us or a wild tribe chasing us and our brain had to automatically make a decision. Are we going to sprint the hell out of there and get away from the wild animal, the wild tribe, or are we going to turn and fight? <laughs> and all of that happened in a really short period of time uh, and literally in the 10-second phosphate system. So the human body has, has this special mechanism that if we get stressed, we can work at 100% effort straight away and we can go. And when you do that, your body produces neurotransmitters, epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, the movement drugs, the movement transmitters that are designed to get us the hell out of there. So they automatically produce high blood pressure, high resting heart rate, so heart rate goes up really quickly. Uh, we have increased blood fats, increased blood sugar so that we can get the hell out of there or we can turn and fight. But what happens after that, after our 100% effort, not 50% effort, not 75% effort, not go for a jog away from the animal, not lift half of the weight to kill the animal, but the 100% effort of lifting, punching, kicking, sprinting, 
Our brain then says, congratulations, you, you're a legend. You, ran away, you got away from the animal, you ran away, or you killed it, now you've got food. So reward drug for you, dopamine. Satisfaction drug for you, what a great life you've got, serotonin. Endorphins are the painkillers that are also happy drugs. So not only can we sprint away from the animal or turn and fight it, but we actually don't have any pain while we're doing it because our body produces automatic painkillers. The equivalent to morphine and the interesting one is endocannabinoids, which are the, the stuff that's in dope, in marijuana. Our body produces that stuff automatically so that we don't feel the pain when we're running away from the animals. It's interesting because, oh, what are, are you high rowing? I often get accused of rowing. You, you're on some kind of drug. Well, hell yes, I am. I'm on the drug of exercise. The, the drug that changes our brain chemically, the same as a pharmaceutical or recreational drug without all the terrible side effects. When you exercise, you get the same brain change as a pharmaceutical or recreational drug, but you also get fitter and stronger and healthier and get have better hair, skin, nails, bright eyes, great posture, better self-esteem. All of that happens from 100% effort activity. Interestingly, you'll often see people exercising, and this is my big question. If you are an exercise professional, if you're a coach, if you're somebody who wants to inspire other people to be healthy, fit, and strong, does your body, does your face, does your or do your actions inspire people to want to go and exercise? Because often people will say to me that they love to exercise, and I always ask this question, is it possible for you to inform your face? <laughs> You can go to, for example, a fun run, and it doesn't look like people are having very much fun there. Uh, if you go to the gym, there's often a lot of people there, but they tend not to have big, happy, smiley faces or look like they're having a great time. And there's an interesting thing to consider there. Is that because they're not putting in 100% effort? It's the 100% phosphate system, and there's three energy systems of the body, but the one that gets us the hell out of there and allows us to lift the heaviest we possibly can is the initial 10-second phosphate system. We use energy directly from our inside our muscles, phosphates that are stored inside, which allows us to go really fast. Once we get into the lactate system, which is 10 seconds to 2 minutes, that's the one that uh, gives us some burning sensation in our muscles and can make you feel a bit sick if you're going really hard. A lot of people don't like that. So if they're, they're exercising in the lactate system, they tend to have a grumpy look on their face because their muscles are burning and they're, they're, uh, they're feeling a bit green. That's called the green zone for a reason. And then once you get to the aerobic system, which is a, a, an energy system that keeps us going forever, well, most of us are in our aerobic system all of the time. So we're burning a little bit of protein, fat and carbohydrate, and we can just keep going and going. But there's no major stimulus happening inside the body because it's the I can keep going forever system. It's the fast phosphate system to me that's most exciting. It's 10 seconds. It's 100% effort. It gets us the hell out of there or it helps us overcome the challenge. And then it produces those happy drugs, the ones that make us feel good. So my question is always this. You might see people exercising, but are we mistaking exercise for movement? So they're moving a lot, but they're not actually getting 100% effort. And is it possible that it's the 100% effort exercise that gives us those uh, changes in our brain? And of course, the answer to that's yes. So how should we exercise? Well, there's a bazillion dollar question. Uh, I used to do long distance running and I used to do 45 minute classes and I used to go to the gym for an hour. And now I realize that that's not how the human body works. If you want to get really fit and if you want to get really strong, you have to put in 100% effort. Doesn't that make sense? 100% effort, 100% result. 50% effort, 50% result. But I'm going to go a step further. 50% effort, 
don't get good results, not that happy. <laughs> so we plod through our exercise. I watch people plodding, jogging along the road and they look miserable. I watch people going for a walk and they don't look that happy. But if you do 100% effort, you actually don't have time to stick a smile on your face because it's only 10 seconds. You go so hard that you get really puffed. And that getting your breath back after the 100% effort activity, that's when we're getting fitter. That's when the lactate system taps in. That's when the aerobic system taps in. And our body has to replenish and replace all the energy that we used in our 10-second effort. And that's where we feel really good. We are rewarded for our effort, dopamine. We feel satisfied that we've put in an effort, serotonin. We uh, produce brain-derived neurotropic factor, which for me is the ultimate fertilizer for your brain, yes. But all the other ones all work better because of brain-derived neurotropic factor. It's the fertilizer for serotonin, for dopamine, for endorphins, for oxytocin, the love drug. When you've got brain-derived neurotropic factor working effectively inside your body, everything works better. And that's produced at that rapid rate, at the, at the largest amount, at the most effective way when you go really hard. And the beautiful thing is that when you go really hard, you feel really good. Now, one of the interesting things about 100% uh, effort, people say to me, oh, Rowie, I've got to warm up first. Interesting if you think about it again logically, if a wild animal jumped into your camp or a wild tribesperson was trying to kill you, you don't say to them, excuse me, please, I have to warm up first. It's interesting how the human body will, if you have to put in 100% effort, those neurotransmitters, epinephrine, adrenaline, and cortisol, warm you up really quickly, which means you don't have to, I have to plod jog first, or I have to walk first, or I have to stretch first. We don't stretch and warm up to run away from the wild animal. We just have to run. I'm going to use it really, this is a personal example, but it's been a really interesting thing for me to observe. Uh, when I first started exercising at 13 years of age, and in fact, I was exercising from 10 till 13, but I didn't do anything that was not on the floor. I didn't know how to exercise, so I just did what I knew, which was sit-ups and side leg raises and donkey kicks. And of course, they're a silly waste of time. And certainly don't produce high-intense activity happy drugs because it's such a low-intense activity exercise. When you do side leg raises and donkey kicks and sit-ups, you're using such little muscles and they're putting in such little effort that you don't get the you don't get the happy drug response. It's when you get into the upright position and start getting puffed that all the muscles in your body have to work really hard, even those little ones, and your heart lungs have to work really hard, and your central nervous system and your endocrine system have to work really hard, so you get the major changes in your body. That's where it becomes really exciting. But I didn't know that. <laughs> so from 10 till 13, I did floor exercises, sit-ups and side leg raises and donkey kicks, and I put a lot of ridiculous shearing forces across my joints. Then when I became, at 13, I started, well, I knew that I wanted to be an exercise professional, but I didn't ask enough questions. I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology, and I put a lot more shearing forces across my joints. So I've become a mature old lady, chronologically, who has broken joints. Every joint in my body has been busted because of the silly exercises I used to do until I learned my anatomy and how the human body works. So what that means for me as a mature woman, an old lady, is that when I wake up in the morning, I can hardly move. Literally, for me to get out of bed in the morning, and I would love to jump out of bed, but for me, it's now become a literal impossibility because every joint in my body has been damaged so much from the silly exercises I used to do and the long distance plod jogging, plod, plod, plod. So the overuse injuries and the shearing force injuries 
that my body doesn't work well. But here I am, bright and shiny, and I can sprint, and I can jump, and I can skip, and I can punch, and I'm, I feel fantastic, even though I'm a mature, chronically advanced old lady. But the reason for that is the first thing in the morning, uh, I get onto my cross trainer, and there's a reason for that, because there's no pressure through my joints. There's no jumping, there's no running. A cross trainer, I can stand in the upright position and go absolutely flat out without putting any pressure through my joints. And what I do, very first thing, I, I uh, how would I describe it? I stumble to the cross trainer as soon as I get out of bed and I go absolutely flat out. I don't warm up first, I just go. And what that does, I go as hard as I can and as I'm getting towards the cross trainer, the beautiful thing about your, the uh, transmitters in your brain, as soon as you tell your body that you're going to exercise, uh, they start pumping. And so I'll give you an example of that. If you've ever done a marathon or if you've ever done an Ironman or something where you've, you couldn't sleep the night before because you, you thought you were really excited about the event, you are because it's your body has already started producing epinephrine, adrenaline, cortisol, the drugs that are going to allow you to move when you get to the, to the start line. So if you tell your body that you're going to exercise, you actually start creating that awesome stress that gets you ready to exercise. So I tell myself that on my stumbling effort to get to the cross trainer in the morning, and then I go really hard. And what it does for me, there's two things. My body warms up immediately, so my joints fill up with synovial fluid. When I get off the cross trainer after my 10-second sprint, I can walk like a normal person because my body's warmed up. But I didn't do that from slow exercise. I did that from high intense activity because I'm forcing my body to warm up in a hurry. The second part of that, though, when people say, Rowie, well, you're so happy all the time and you're unrealistically happy and how can you be so happy, happy, happy? Well, I can't not be because the first thing I do in the morning is I literally pump those happy drugs into my brain because after I've done my first sprint, my body says, wow, legend, dopamine rush for you, serotonin rush for you, brain-derived neurotopic factor, fertilizer for your brain so you can think clearly, you are more productive, you're more creative, you have a great start to the day because I forced myself to have one. Not because I thought positive, 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 I'm going to be happy, happy, happy. I can, you can lie down all day miserable trying to tell yourself that you're happy, but the minute you put in 100% effort activity, that's when you change the neurotransmitters in your brain and that's when you actually feel happy. Not, I'm going to force myself to be happy. You can't help it. It's a physiological response in your brain that forces you to feel really good. You can't be, you can't just have puffed pumped happy drugs into your brain and feel miserable. And I'll, I'll share again, the pharmaceutical and recreational drugs that people take, uh, they produce the same feelings that we get when we sprint and when we, when we lift heavy, when we put in 100% effort. The chemical change in our brain is the same as cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, pharmaceutical rec recreational drugs, smoking, drinking, gambling, all of those things without the horrible side effects. Uh, I, I share that on a regular basis because people spend a lot of money on drugs, pharmaceutical and recreational drugs, to try and feel happy. And I can do it, and you can do it, in 10 seconds by doing high-intense activity. Isn't that awesome? So I sprint in the morning to get my body warmed up, to get my brain warmed up, and to be happy all day long. And then every 15 minutes throughout the day, I do some kind of sprinting. So I I sprint on the spot or I skip or I punch the bag or I do push-ups or jump squats or run up and down the hallway or run up and down the driveway. Something that makes sure that my, my brain is happy all of the time, which means I don't have to inform my face that I'm happy because I can't help it. I'm always happy. Yes, you can be. Uh, is that a choice? And I'm going to go a little bit further. As an exercise professional, should it be our choice? 
If we want to motivate and inspire people to exercise, is it our responsibility for it to be shining out of us? Uh, Yes, we should have the shiniest bright eyes and the best skin and the best nails and the best hair and the best posture. And we should be the healthiest, fittest, strongest people that people know. But ultimately, shouldn't we also be the happiest? And there's another reason for that. Have you heard people say this? If I was fit or if I was strong or if I was if I lost weight, I'd be so much happier. Well, we are that. We've got a career that we love. We're doing what we're passionate about. We've got a healthy, fit, strong body that allows us to do whatever we want to do. Isn't that what everybody wants? And here's the challenge. If you're an exercise professional and you're miserable, so you've got a beautiful body and you've got a career that you love, but you're miserable, is it possible that people look at that and go, hell, what's, what hope have I got? She's in great shape and she's healthy, fit and strong and she's got a career that she tells everybody that she loves, but she's miserable all the time or her face doesn't show that she's a happy, positive person. I think it's a responsibility. I believe it's my responsibility to live and breathe what I, I want the world to be. I can't say uh, if, you, if you look after your body, it will look after you if I'm not looking after my body and it's not looking after me. Uh, and I've done some really stupid things to my body because I didn't learn my anatomy and physiology. I'm hoping that you as an exercise professional will learn what the, and learn from my stupid mistakes. There's a good start. Uh, learn your anatomy and physiology. Don't put shearing forces across your joints. Don't do long, boring, plod-jogging exercises that waste people's time, particularly your own. Uh, and isn't it interesting that when you're really fit and strong by getting puffed and lifting heavy, then you can go and do whatever it is that you want to do. So if you're really fit from getting... Uh, working at 100% intensity, go, Rowie, go, then you can go. And it's very easy for me, and I do this quite regularly, because I'm so fit from sprinting, there's many, many times during the week where I take my dog out for a run, and I look at the clock and I go, oh, we've been out for an hour and a half. And there's been no effort required because we've just, I've just kept running because I've enjoyed the scenery and I talk to my dog and I say my goals and smile and wave at people and have a great time. And that's one of the interesting things I will share with you. I'm often stopped while I'm running. Uh, How come you're so happy? (laughs) Most people when they're out running, they look miserable. But every time we see you, you've got a big happy smile on your face. You look like you're actually enjoying your exercise. (laughs) I love taking my dog for a run because I am healthy, fit and strong and I can. See, my long distance running now isn't to get fit and strong. That's just my recreational activity. I can run for an hour, hour and a half, two hours because I'm so fit and strong, because I get puffed on a regular basis and because I lift heavy once, maybe twice a week, I've got a body that's capable of doing all the things that I want it to do physically, but it's also capable of all the things I want to do mentally. When you're really fit and when you're really strong, that brain-derived neurotropic factor, the fertilizer for your brain, is the thing that fertilizes your brain for neuroplasticity and neurogenesis. So you grow new brain cells and your brain changes. So you're not thinking the same thoughts all the time. You're not having negative thoughts. You're not thinking that you can't do it. Neuroplasticity of your brain says, hey, let's work out a way. How can we do it? Uh, Let's be more creative. Let's come up with great ideas to overcome challenges. That's what neuroplasticity does inside your brain and that's produced by brain drive neurotropic factor and that's produced by high intense activity so can you be happy all the time of course the answer is yes Uh, is that a choice yes because we get to choose whether we do high intense activity for 10 seconds or if we don't and that's probably a very challenging question if you're not prepared to put in 10 seconds of effort a few times throughout the day is it possible then that you will be unhappy
and I'll go a step further, you probably will be unhappy. And even if you go to the gym for an hour and even if you do a 45-minute class, and even if you walk for an hour and even if you do a whole heap of plod jogging, half intense, 50% activity, you probably won't feel happy because they're not the activities that produce happy drugs in our brain. The high-intense activity, I always ask this question, when was the last time you got really puffed? When was the last time you lifted something really heavy and you could only do it five, six, seven times? Remember, it's the phosphate system, that 10-second system, that gives us the high-intense activity. So if you can lift something 20 times, obviously it's too light. If you can lift it hard and fast within 10 seconds, and by the time you get to the end of 10 seconds, you can't lift another one, obviously you're in that high-intense activity phosphate system and there's a big part of that if you are my favorite expression of course when you're my age if you want to stay young and strong for long or rephrase if you want to stay young and strong for long you have to maintain your fast twitch muscle fibers and if you put in half effort and if you only work in your aerobic system and if you plod jog and if you put in if you long distance effort produces long distance results long distance anything you have to pace yourself and as soon as you're pacing yourself you're not using those high intense neurotransmitters but you're also not using your fast twitch muscle fibers it's the kicking the punching the jumping and the sprinting at 100% effort that maintains those fast twitch muscle fibers And they're the ones that keep us young. They're the ones that stop us from falling. They're the ones that mean we can keep playing our sport. So many people stop playing their sport because they get old. No, no, I think because you get old because you stop playing your sport. We get old because we stop jumping. We get old because we stop sprinting. We get old because we stop putting our body under high intense activity. So if you want to stay young and strong for long, if you want to maintain your fast twitch muscle fibers, if you want to have a brain that can overcome challenges, if you want to have great quality of life, and here's a great one, if you want to be happy, could it be a really good idea to get puffed 10 seconds hard as often as you possibly can? And the really cool thing about that, when you put in 100% effort, you get 100% result. When you put in 100% effort, it's about 10 seconds. It's no longer than that. Because once you go past 10 seconds, you start getting into that lactate system it's not about going longer it's just about going harder and harder and harder and getting fitter and fitter and I always ask this question if you like to watch the Olympic Games if you love watching elite athletes do their thing the only event at the Olympic Games that isn't a pace event is the 100 meter sprint because the 100 meter sprint they do it in just under 10 seconds and that's the phosphate system every other race every other event has something to do with pacing yourself And I don't want to be a 50% effort person. I don't want to be an 80% effort person. I definitely don't want to be a 10% effort person. I want to be the 100% effort person that is 100% fit, 100% strong, and I can do whatever I want for the rest of my life because I've got a healthy, fit, strong body and a happy brain. How about you? Woohoo!